you were here, were not here this morning. If you weren't here this morning, Pastor talked an awesome message. But one of the scriptures that he started talking about was in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. We're not going to go there, but I want to reference it. And I was thinking about it as our, our youth were given testimony. It talks about there that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Y'all have been refreshed. We're being refreshed here in this church and we are seeking and we are contending and we are expecting revival. Revival to happen. It's happening in the world. It's happening in the church world, but we're going to see it to a greater measure here. Amen. And one thing I know that that uh, fuels revival, one thing that is a characteristic of revival is joy. There is joy in the camp of the Lord when God's doing great and marvelous and wondrous things, when our lives are being touched by his presence. You know what? It's not a time to be sad and sorry. It's a time to be full of the joy of the Lord. And tonight I want to talk to you about is your heart merry? Because it so stems from what's on the inside of us. What's on the inside of us always shows up on the outside. Amen. Recently, Pastor Nancy gave me an article and there's a few little quotes out of there that I want to refer to. And the title of that article was laugh again. You know, the Bible tells us that laughter is a medicine. Laughter stems from the joy of the Lord rising up on the inside of us. And it's important that we as believers take our medication. There's way too many people in the body of Christ that are under medicated. Our God is not a sad and sorry and depressed God. If you hang out with him, you're going to be happy because he is happy. And if you're not, you need a big dose of medication. The joy of the Lord. In this article, it referenced a a man who was a physician in the 17th century. And he said this. I thought this is really good. He said, the arrival of a good clown exercises more beneficial influence upon the health of a town than 20 mules laden with drugs. (laughs) Don't you find that interesting? I wish I could do the hee-haw mule thing that my brother did. (laughs) I don't have that gift. He was hilarious. And now, you know, it's one of the reasons that we like hanging out with my brother because he just, he just enjoys life and everything makes him laugh. He does get angry and mad and he's got that little ornery streak, but he knows how to laugh. He knows how to ha 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 and and take in of the joy of the Lord. But anyway, like I said, I can't do the mule thing, but think about that. This physician said it's more beneficial for a, to a town back in the 17th century to have a clown show up and make the people laugh than to bring 20 mules to town with all sorts of drugs and vitamins and all of that stuff. Now, you know us well enough to know that we are not against taking medication. No, no, no. If you need medication, take the medication. But seriously, in a society. 
society that we live in today, there is a pill for everything. There's a pill to go to sleep. A pill to wake up. A pill to get you relaxed. A pill to energize you. A pill for this ache. A pill for this pain. There's even pills to fix this emotion and fix that emotion. And I understand that there's even one to create that loving feeling if you've lost it. I mean, a pill for everything. We certainly could not say of our society... That we are under medicated. Medication's fine again. But don't rely just on going to the cabinet or going to the pharmacy or going to the doctor. I mean, anything that you describe, really, doctors will say, well, here's a pill for that. And here's a pill for that. And a pill for that. A pill for this. A pill for that. We've known of people. We have a, a friend, a pastor, I mean, a minister and his wife. She had all these problems in her body. And every time she go to the doctor, they give her a different pill. She had so, taking so much medication and so many pills. She finally went to a spirit-filled doctor and he's like, you don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need this. And started doing away with the pills and she started feeling a whole lot better. We're in a medicated society, but not medicated according to the word of God. So let's take God's medicine along with what is necessary. Amen. Let's look over in the Bible about God's medicine. Proverbs 17, 22. We'll be looking at most of these scriptures out of the New King James tonight. Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a merry heart doeth good. It does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. I love the word of God. Do you love the word of God? It is so full of life. I'm sure I have read this scripture. I have preached from this scripture hundreds, if not thousands of times. But this week, I saw something new from that article. He pointed out here that in this verse, there's a focus and there's a function. And the focus of this verse is inward on us having a happy heart. If you want to have healing flow out of you, you got to have a happy heart. The focus of this verse is what's going on in your heart. What's on the inside of you. You may have heard this saying, it's not what you eat that is affecting you. It's what's eating you. Some of these youth were talking about things, issues of the heart. And I love that they were so transparent and they were so honest and they poured out their heart to God at camp and God cleansed their heart and he made their heart pure and he got rid of that junk and that clutter. It all begins with what's on the inside of you. The focus of this verse is what's in your heart. 
If your heart's not merry, healing is not going to flow out of it. What's the first most important thing about the issues of the heart? Well, I think we all know the most important thing is, do you know the Lord? Does Jesus live on the inside of you? Knowing him will make you have a happy heart. Is it important? What we have on the inside of us. The Bible tells us in Psalms 144, 15. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. If God lives on the inside of you, you got happy in your heart. Might not always show up on your countenance. Might not always be evident in your body. But if you can just hold on to that. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. God is my Lord. Jesus lives on the inside of me. So I don't care what the enemy throws my way. Come hell. Come high water. Circumstances swarming all around me. I'm going to hold fast to the fact that God loves me. God lives on the inside of me. And I can be happy. I can be full of joy. And it doesn't depend on what's happening in my natural world. Hallelujah. Habakkuk, over in Habakkuk chapter 3, we won't turn over there, but he was having a rough time. And he goes into all of this explanation of all these horrible things that were happening in his life. The flocks weren't flocking. They didn't like one another. The crops weren't producing. I mean, it was horrible things that were going on. And yet, but then he says, yet I will rejoice. Pastor talked today about revival. Putting re in front of a word means to do it again. If you got Jesus on the inside of you and that joy begins to wane, what are we supposed to do? Rejoice. The Bible wouldn't tell us to rejoice if you've never joiced. Yes, and when you first get born again, joy comes on the inside of you because Jesus comes on the inside of you. But we all know just living in this world, just all the things that we deal with attacks that joy. That's why we are told to rejoice. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The book of Philippians was not written from the beautiful beaches of Maui that we just visited. The book of Philippians, Paul the Apostle wrote that when he was imprisoned. And in that book, four short chapters, the word joy or rejoice is mentioned 16 times. He was in stocks and bonds. 
He was in prison. His circumstances did not look like the happiest place on earth. But on the inside of him, he was the happiest man alive because he had the attitude, I might be in prison, but prison isn't in me. God's in me. Jesus is inside of me. And I know if I continue to draw on that joy and rejoice in the Lord my God, I'm going to receive that strength that I need to get up and to get out of this circumstance. Hallelujah. Joy is a powerful force. We need to speak words of joy. Speak words of life. Speak words of happiness. Is it every day that you feel like jumping out of bed? Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And oh, you're so happy. Absolutely not. Pastor's got me hooked on coffee. Now I need Jehovah Java in the morning to wake me up. It's not every day that you just jump out of bed. But you know what? When you got him on the inside, that's all that matters. The Bible tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What kind of words are coming out of your mouth? I don't live with you 24-7. You might live by yourself, but you know, you know what you're saying in the midnight hour. Are you saying, oh, oh, it's me. I need another pill. I need a stronger painkiller. Or are you saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is my healer. He quickens my mortal body. I am a new creation. I am a blood-bought child of God. I overcome by the word of the lamb and by the blood of it, by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That's why Solomon, the writer of Proverbs said, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. The focus was what is in your heart. If your heart is sad, if your heart is full of sorrow, if your heart is downtrodden, if your heart is full of fear, if your heart is full of worry and anxiety, that is not a merry heart and it will not produce healing. Out of the abundance of the heart. The Bible also says, out of the belly flow rivers of living water. Life can't flow out of a heart that's filled with death. I saw this scripture yesterday over in Luke chapter 6, verse 43 and 45. It's in the message translation. It's pretty interesting. I related right away. I remember apples. Any of you ever seen an apple tree? A fruit tree? You don't get wormy apples off of a healthy tree. Nor do you get good apples off of a diseased tree. The health of the apple tells the health of the tree. You must begin with your own life-giving lives. 
It's who you are, not what you say and do that counts. Your true being brims over into true words and deeds. That part there, the health of the apple tells the health of the tree. The health of your heart influence the health of every area of your life. That's why people that are not born again, oh, they might have a healthy body. They may appear to have a healthy mind. But if you are not healthy on the inside, what's on the inside, the fruit of it will show up sooner and later. The world gives accolades and the world almost worships movie stars and and athletic figures and all these prominent people. And many times those people disappoint their followers. Why? Because what's on the inside will sooner or later show up on the outside. You can't get healthy apples from a diseased tree. But folks, we can have a healthy heart. We can have a happy heart. We can produce good fruit. Amen? So he says the focus of this this verse is what's in your heart. And then the function of it is what's in your heart will work healing. I like this. You know, it says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. That word medicine, according to Strong's Concordance, literally means this. The removal of a bandage. The healing of a wound. What does a bandage do? A bandage is used to cover an injured part of the body. A wound. Many people go through life injured and wounded have things that had happened to them many, many years ago. And it has wounded their heart, hurt their heart. And they try to put a Band-Aid on it and to cover that up, a Band-Aid, and to just say, okay, I'm going to suppress that. I'm going to cover that up. But when we come to Jesus, he's saying, open up your heart. Let me give you my medicine. Let me uncover all that hurt. All that sorrow, all that disappointment, all those wounds. Let me open that up and pour in the healing oil, the oil of joy and gladness. The medicine, the oil of joy will bring healing to those areas that have caused you sorrow and have caused you pain. Let the healing oil of joy be pulled poured into every wound, every single area. I like how it said that the removal of a bandage. Stop trying to put a bandaid on that deep hurt and that deep wound and just open up your heart, open up your life wide to him and say, come in to my heart. Lord Jesus, come in to my heart to stay. Come in to my heart, Lord Jesus, in every single area, in every single way. 
Open up every door, every area, and let the healing power of God come on the inside. Hallelujah. You know what's going on on the inside of us? It does show up on the outside. And it does affect our very countenance. Again, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, 13, it says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by the sorrow of the spirit, by the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Joy is tangible. Laughter is an extension of the joy of God. And it is medicinal. Proverbs 17, 22, Out of the message it says this. A cheerful disposition is good for your health. But gloom and doom leave you bone tired. Bone tired. Man, that, that sounds tarred. My dad used to say this when he'd come in from the field sometime. And I mean, been working from sun up to sundown. And he'd say, my tard's hanging out. I don't really know what that meant, but it meant he was tarred all over. Bone tarred. Tarred was hanging out everywhere because he'd been working really, really hard. But this verse tells us that, how did it say that? It says gloom and doom leave you (coughs) bone tired. We got to watch who we listen to. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. There's a father up above looking down in tender love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Anybody else sing that in Sunday school? Do you remember that song, Wes? Oh, be careful, little. I don't remember the tune, but anyway, it's scriptural. We need to be watchful. Over what we're letting in our eye gate. Watchful over what we are allowing our ears to hear. And another one was, oh, be careful, little feet. Where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet. Where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet. Who you go with. (laughs) That wasn't the line of the song, but that's a good point. (laughs) Who you go with. Bad companionship corrupts good manners. Bad companionship spoils good people. Oh, youth, not just youth, but youth particularly as you're getting fixing to go back to school. Oh, be careful who you hang out with. Oh, be careful who influences your life because it will affect you. If you get around sad people, guess what? You're going to be sad. If you get around people, there's some people, you know what they are? They're joy suckers. They suck the joy right out of you. You can be happy and having a wonderful day and you get around them. You know, it can be beautiful outside, 70 some degrees. And you're saying, "Woo, the weather's beautiful. Oh, but it's going to be hot tomorrow. And then the next day, oh man, it's just really beautiful. Oh, but it's going to get cold next week. Joy suckers. Nothing's ever positive. Nothing's ever right. Don't hang around with them. And by all means, don't be a joy.
joy sucker. Be a joy giver. Amen. You don't want to be bone tired. The reason a lot of people are bone tired. Not only they're hanging out with gloom and doom. They're negative. Nothing ever positive. But the main reason they're not tapping in to the joy of the Lord. I know how busy life is. I know some of you are working two and three jobs and you got a family and it's a hectic time in the world. It's just not like it used to be 50 years ago. Schedules have increased and there's a pool here and there's a pool there. But you know what? The word doesn't change. And the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is a race to be run. There is a course to finish. And we can't do it in our own ability and in our own might. But the good news is we don't have to. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And for whatever may face you, for whatever you are required to do on your job and raising your family, you can tap into that promise. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to keep that joy stirred up on the inside of me. I'm not going to be a joy sucker. I'm going to press into that joy. And because I do, I am promised strength. I've got strength for anything and everything that comes my way. I've got supernatural ability from on high. I am anointed. I am equipped. I am empowered to do what God has called me to do. Amen. I can do all things through Christ that does what? That does what? Christ strengthens us, but that strength is tapped into by tapping into that joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you are looking at me like, well, this might be true. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm happy yet or not. But let me just say say this to you. Another Sunday school song. If you're happy and you know it. That one for sure. If you're, <laughs> if, you're ha- if you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show. If you're happy and you know it, you there's another line, then your face will surely show it. So could y'all just show me a little happiness right now? Big old grin. Hallelujah. Woo. Use those muscles you haven't used for a while. Smile a while and give your face a rest. This is like strolling down memory lane here. You know, the oldies to me are not old rock songs from the 60s. The oldies to me are old Sunday school songs. That's my oldies. There's another one. Smile a while. Give your face a rest. Raise your hands to the one you love the best. Then shake hands with those nearby. This brother was raised in church. Oh, man, you you got a good smile, too. Stand up here, Brother Don. He knows the words. Smile a while. Give your face a rest. Raise your hands to the one you love the best. Then shake hands with those and give to them a smile. That was good. Amen. You know what? 
just just that brother smiling at you is contagious. Yes, it is. There's an anointing to smile. Smile a while. You know what? Some people haven't had anybody be nice to them in years. And just by you smiling at them, they're like, whoa, that's a nice person. They smiled at me. They might go home saying, that person smiled at me on bar. Changes their whole day. Amen. If we can smile, ooh, let's take it a whole step further. Are you ready to go deeper? Deeper? Okay, everybody smile. We smiled, now we're going to go deeper. You know what comes after smiling? Laughter. Ha, ha, ha. Woo! Oh, that's a big step. That's a leap for some of you. Woo! I got you on the smiling train, but now we're going to go deeper and we're going to laugh. Listen to this. This same article said this. You know, as we get older, it seems that we laugh less. That's sad. Listen to this. Kids smile an average of 45 times an hour. And they will belly laugh one time every seven and a half minutes. But by the time we become adults, that drops to 15 times a day. In hospitals, it's nearly zero. When was the last time you had a good laugh? And I'm not talking about laughing at something vulgar and off color. I'm talking about, you know, if you have to, just renting an old movie and laughing at John Wayne. These kids over here are John Wayne experts. My brother was impressed. Because they watch old movies and there's some funny stuff, clean stuff in old good movies. That's one of the things that Pastor and I did on vacation. We had such a refreshing time just laughing. Everything seemed funny. You know, it was just awesome. You get relaxed and refreshed. And you know what happens? You get your laugh back. Life is serious. Some people say, oh, yeah, kids can laugh. Certainly they can laugh 45 times in an hour. They don't have to worry about how to pay the rent. They don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Or or they don't have to think about going out and getting a job when they're three years old. Well, certainly they can laugh, but I'm an adult. I have responsibilities. I have obligations. I have serious problems, serious personal problems, serious financial problems, serious health problems. I can't laugh. I got to be serious. I got to be responsible. Well, I guess that Jesus did not know that it was not adult to laugh. Jesus didn't know that laughter was just for kids because the Bible tells us over in Psalms chapter 2. Let's look over there. Psalms chapter 2, verse 2. Hallelujah. You don't think Jesus has ever had any challenges? Well, if you don't think he's ever had any challenges, just go home and look in the mirror. He's got to love us all. 
He's got to put up with all of us. That's a challenge, I would think. But yet, he doesn't let your nonsense and your foolishness sap him of his joy. He hasn't quit laughing. He's sitting in the heavens tonight and he's laughing. He's full of joy. Hallelujah. Now just look at this passage. Psalms 2 verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing. Saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from them. What is this saying? Satan is the enemy of God. And he loves to influence leaders of nations to take sides against God. Now that's pretty stupid. But there are a lot of leaders of nations that have yielded and have sided in with the devil. And have said, oh no, our nation is not going to be a godly nation. We are not going to let Christians worship freely here. I'm yielding to an evil spirit. God knows what leaders of nations are going to do before they ever come into power. God knows what the leaders of our nation are going to do. And we as the church are praying and we are declaring the heart of our king, the heart of our president is in the hand of of the Lord. That's a scripture. If you don't know it, you look it up and you speak that over whoever our president is. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And our nation is not going to be like these nations described here that side in with the lies of the devil who come against the things of God who say we're not any longer going to be a godly nation. We're going to take in God we trust off of our money. We're going to take prayer out of schools and out of public places. I say no. 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 In the name of Jesus, we have authority and we have a voice and we can pray in the name of Jesus and declare our nation is siding in with God. We are returning to godly principles, to godly morals. We're not going to live like a group of people with the morals of a back alley cat. We're going to change and line up and live according to the word of God. Amen. So here, these enemies of God, they're taking counsel and they're going to, they're saying, let's come against God. Who do you think influenced that? Satan influenced that. Satan originally said, I will be like the most high God. I will exalt my throne above his. He wanted that place and that position that God had. So he's influencing these leaders. And what's going on when that happens? What was Jesus response? Is he crying? Is he worried? Is he fretting? Is he saying, oh, dear God, we got to have a meeting. We need a strategy. We need a plan. Oh, the nations, oh, these leaders, they're going the wrong way. Oh, my, my, whatever will we do? No, his response is found in verse 4. 
He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Ha, ha, ha is his response. Ha, ha, ha. Then it goes on. It says the Lord shall hold them in derision. In the Amplified, it says he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. And I love this. In supreme contempt. He mocks them. You know what God does when leaders and people say, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to stir up trouble. We're not going to serve the Lord. This isn't going to be a godly nation. You know what God does, especially in a nation like ours, where more are they that be in the camp of the Lord. I don't care what the media says and I don't care what this political person says. There's more Christians in our nation now than there ever have been. And we are a voice to be reckoned with. We are a force and we are a power to be reckoned with. And it's going to go God's way. You know what Jesus does when all that garbage starts circulating in here and all that stuff and seeing? He looks down from heaven. He looks down from his throne. He sees this little thing over here, this little dissension over here, this little disruption over here. And you know what he does? No, 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 no. You lose. It says he mocks him. You lose. He doesn't have to dolt about it. You lose. Why? Because Jesus has already defeated him. Jesus whipped him. Jesus destroyed principalities and powers. And he made a show of them openly. That's mocking them. That's saying, ha, you thought you could keep me in the grave? I rose up more than a conqueror. I conquered death, hell, and the grave. And I'm going to laugh at you. Ha, ha, ha. When you try to bring up all of these strategies, he's not surprised by anything that goes on in the world. And you know what? He's not surprised By any attack that the enemy brings into your life. He's not falling off of the throne. He's not saying, oh my goodness. That's something we've never seen before. I don't know how to deal with that. No. Every time the devil tries to attack your body, you know what he says? Ha, 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 devil, you are defeated. She is the temple of the Holy Ghost. She is bought with the blood of the Lamb. Greater is he that is in her than he that is in the world. This is God's property and you can't touch her. Ha, ha, ha. That's what he's doing. If that's what he's doing, guess what? That's what we ought to be doing. Because the Bible says that we are to be imitators of him that loved us. Oh my, if he's laughing at the devil, we ought to be doing the same thing. And it's not a nervous, anxious, uptight, worried kind of a laugh. It's a laugh of faith. Faith has a voice and that voice of faith is joy and laughter. Faith laughs, faith rejoices, and faith is glad. Hallelujah. Can you practice with me? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, 
like a medicine. Ha, ha, ha. We won't go into it, but I have studied this out. Research has been done. There are so many benefits to laughter. Physical benefits to laughter. One of them is it lowers your blood pressure. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. One other one is it releases disease. It fighting endorphins into your body. Ha, 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 ha. Another thing about laughter, medical science has proven it is a natural painkiller. <laughs> You've been going through some pain, been facing some difficulty. Take in a natural tra- painkiller. <laughs> oh man, there's a lot of them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Even psychologists say that laughter is the best way to deal with stress. You've been stressed out. <laughs> been stressed out by looking at that stack of bills. Why don't you go home and. <laughs> Take your medicine. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. This has got to be one of my favorite benefits of laughter. Laughing is aerobic. It provides a workout for the diaphragm. It increases the body's ability to use oxygen. Listen to this one. Now, this is a lot, but you know what? It's a lot more fun than working out. 100 good belly laughs. It's equivalent to 10 minutes on a rowing machine. What would you rather do? I'd rather ha 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 than go rowing for 10 minutes any day of the week. Ha 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 ha. Get maximum benefit and do both. Ha 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 ha. Woo! You know, I think a lot of us could use a little workout in the midsection. Ha, 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 ha. Woo, ha, 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 ha. Woo, ha, 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 ha. I got to find this. I love this. You know what? I think I'm going to get a new job, a side job. I want to be a laughter aerobics class trainer. I think I'll go over to our club and say, you know what? I am an expert. I have been trained and I would like to start a new class here. And it's called laughter. Hallelujah. All you've got to do to come to this training class is laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And you know what is so cool about this? Even now, some of you are like, I don't feel like laughing. You know what? Medical science has proven that the benefits of laughter are still there, even if you fake it. And it says, faking a laugh like I just did, ha, 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 still gives you great benefits. And it says this, your body doesn't know when you're faking it. So, ha, 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 let's do a little, ha,
gets into sort of clothes here. Listen to this. I got to close with this. Mark Twain. Y'all have heard of Mark Twain. He said this. Against the assault of laughter, nothing can stand. Woo! I went and looked up the word assault. Assault means this. A sudden attack upon a fortified place. Woo! A sudden attack upon a fortified place. The devil thinks that he has some strongholds in your life. He thinks he's got some fortified areas in your life, perhaps in your thinking, old thought patterns, maybe a fortified place where this you got this trick knee or you got this thing that's going on in your body and it's been there for years and it's a stronghold and it's not going to come down. Guess what, folks? We're going to assault it. An attack and a... <laughs> a sudden attack upon a fortified place. There's nothing that can stand against the assault of laughter. <laughs> Woo! Attacked it with laughter. Amen. The strongholds are coming down. I don't care what kind of a fortified place. I just sense it. For some people, it's mental torment and the enemy has lied to you and he said oh you got this and you got that and you're your madra sombreta there's something wrong with your brain and it can't be healed and it can't be fixed that is a fortified place in your thinking but tonight you're going to attack it you're going to assault it hallelujah with an attack of laughter in the name of Jesus let's all stand hallelujah Oh, blessed be the name. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha,